Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Something Dark. We are on our third episode already, and I'm excited to be back here this evening recording another episode for you. It always seems to be quite the mammoth task to try and sit down in the evening and get some peace and quiet. I've had my cat trying to sit on my lap for the past, like, ten minutes now, but he's finally settled down. So hopefully we'll be uninterrupted and we can get into today's case. Tonight we're going to be discussing the case of Elisa Lam, a Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver whose body was recovered from a water tank atop the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles on February 19, 2013. She had been reported missing at the beginning of the month. Maintenance workers at the hotel discovered the body when investigating guest complaints of major problems with the water supply and water pressure. Her disappearance had been widely reported. Interest had increased five days prior to her body's discovery, when the LAPD released a video of the last time she was known to have been seen, on the day of her disappearance. She was captured on CCTV footage in the hotel that she was staying in in LA. In the footage, Elisa is seen exiting and re-entering the lift in the hotel, talking and gesturing in the hallway, and sometimes seeming to hide within the lift, which itself appears to be malfunctioning. The video went viral on the internet, with many viewers reporting that they found it unsettling. Explanations range from claims of paranormal involvement to bipolar disorder, which Elisa took medication for. It has also been argued that the video was altered prior to release. The circumstances of Elisa's death once she was found also raise questions especially in light of the hotel's history in relation to other notable deaths and murders. To learn more about what happened, we need to go back in time to understand how she ended up at the hotel. On January 26, 2013, Elisa Lam arrived in LA. She had just come by Amtrak train from San Diego and was headed to Santa Cruz as part of her solo trip around the West Coast. The trip was supposed to be a getaway from her studies at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, where she was originally from. Two days after arriving in LA, she checked into the Cecil Hotel near downtown Skid Row. She was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about her odd behaviour and she was moved to a room of her own after two days. Elisa had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She had been prescribed four medications, Wilbutrin, Lamictal, Seroquel and Effexor, to treat her disorders. According to her family, who supposedly kept her mental illness a secret, Elisa had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts, although one report claimed she had previously gone missing for a brief period. Her family had been worried about her travelling by herself, but Elisa was determined to go at it alone, 
as a compromise, she made sure to check in with her parents every day of the trip to let them know she was safe. That's why her parents got worried when they didn't hear from their daughter on January 31st, the day that she was scheduled to check out of her LA hotel, the Cecil. The Lambs eventually contacted the LAPD and the police department searched the premises of the Cecil Hotel, but couldn't find her. Her family would end up flying to LA to help with the search. Hotel staff who saw Lisa that day said that she was alone. Outside of the hotel, Katie Orphan, a manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing, very lively, very friendly, while getting gifts to take home to her family, Orphan told CNN. She was talking about what book she was getting and whether or not it would be too heavy for her to carry around as she travelled, Orphan added. The police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. They searched Elise's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop, but the canines were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. But we didn't search every room, Sergeant Rudy Lopez said later. We could only do that if we had probable cause to believe a crime had been committed. On February 6, a week after Elisa had last been seen, the LAPD decided to get more help. Flyers with her image were posted around the neighborhood and online. It brought the case to the public's attention through the media. On February 15th, after another week of no sign of Elisa, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of her taken in one of the hotel lifts by a surveillance video camera on February 1st. We're going to talk about this infamous video that drew worldwide interest into the case due to Elisa's strange behaviour in it. In the clip, we get a view of not just the interior of the lift, but the hallway outside it as well. The footage is somewhat grainy, and the timestamp at the bottom is obscured. At the start, Elisa enters, wearing a red zipped hoodie over a grey t-shirt with black shorts and sandals. She enters from the left and goes to the control panel, appearing to select several floors and then steps back to the corner. After a few seconds, during which the doors fail to close, she steps up to it again, leans forward so her head is through the door, looks in both directions, and then quickly steps back in, backing up to the wall, and then into the corner near the control panel. The door remains open. She walks to it again and stands in the doorway, leaning on the side. Suddenly, she steps out into the hall, then to her side, back in, looking to the side again, and then back out. She then steps sideways again, and for a few seconds, she is mostly invisible. The doors remain open. Her right arm can be seen going up to her head, and then she turns to re-enter the cab, putting both of her hands on the side of the door. She then goes to the control panel, presses many more buttons, some more than once, and then returns to the wall. She puts both hands over her ears briefly as she walks back to the section of the wall that she had been standing against before. The doors remain open. 
She turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together, then waves her hands out to her side with her palms flat and her fingers outstretched, while bowing forward slightly and rocking gently. This can all be seen through the door, which remains open. After she backs to the wall again and walks away to the left, it finally closes. The video was reposted widely, including on the Chinese video sharing site, Yoku, where it got 3 million views and 40,000 comments in the first 10 days. Many of the commentators found it unsettling to watch. Several theories evolved to explain her actions. One was that Elisa was trying to get the lift to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. Others suggested that she might be under the influence of ecstasy or some other party drug, but none were detected in her body. When her bipolar disorder became known, the theory that she was having a psychotic episode also emerged. Other viewers argued that the video had been tampered with before being made public. Besides the obscuring of the timestamp they claimed, parts had been slowed down, and nearly a minute of footage had been discreetly removed. This could have been done to simply protect the identity of someone who otherwise would be in the video, but had little or nothing to do with the case. Or, to conceal evidence if Elisa's disappearance and death had been the result of a criminal act. During the search for Elisa, guests at the hotel began to complain about low water pressure. Some later complained that their water was colour black and had an unusual taste. On the morning of February 19th, Elisa's body was found in one of the four 1,000-gallon tanks, providing water to guests' rooms, a kitchen and a coffee shop. The tank was drained and cut open since its maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate equipment needed to remove Elisa's body. On February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning, with bipolar disorder as a significant factor. The full coroner's report, released in June, stated that Elisa's body had been found naked, clothing similar to what she was wearing in the security footage was floating in the water. It mentioned her clothes were coated with a sand-like particulate. Her watch and room key were also found with her. Elisa's body was moderately decomposed and bloated. It was mostly greenish with some marbling evident on the abdomen and skin separation was evident. There was no evidence of physical drama, sexual assault or suicide. Toxicology tests showed traces consistent with prescription medication found among her belongings, along with some non-prescription drugs such as Sinutab and Ibuprofen. A very small quantity of alcohol was present, but no other recreational drugs were found. It's important to note that the toxicology tests were incomplete because not enough of her blood was preserved. The investigation had determined how Elisa died, but it did not offer an explanation as to how she got into the tank in the first place. Doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked, with only staff having the passcodes and keys, and any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. However, the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures, 
if she or someone who might have accompanied her there had known. A video made by a Chinese user after Elisa's death and posted to the internet showed that the roof's hotel was easily accessible via the fire escape and that two of the lids of the water tanks were open. Apart from the question of how she got on the roof, others wondered how she could have gotten into the tank by herself. All four tanks are four by eight foot cylinders propped up on concrete blocks. There is no fixed access to them and the hotel workers had to use a ladder to look at the water. They are protected by heavy lids that would be difficult to replace from within. Police dogs that searched through the hotel for Elisa, even on the roof, shortly after her disappearance was noted, did not find any trace of her, although they had not searched the area near the water tanks. Theories about Elisa's behaviour in the security footage did not stop with her death. Some argued that she was attempting to hide from a pursuer, perhaps someone who was ultimately responsible for her death while others said that she was merely frustrated with the apparent malfunction in the lift. Some of the proponents of the theory that she was under the influence of illicit drugs are not dissuaded by their absence from the toxicology screen, suggesting that they might have broken down during the period of time her body decomposed in the tank, or that she might have taken a rare cocktail of such drugs that a normal screen would not detect. The autopsy report and its conclusions have also been questioned. For instance, it does not say what the results of the rape kit and fingernail kit were, or even if they were processed. Even the coroner's pathologists appeared to be ambivalent about their conclusion that Elisa's death was accidental. Since her death, her Tumblr blog was updated, presumably through Tumblr's queue option, which allows posts to automatically publish themselves when a user is away. Her phone was not found either with her body or in her hotel room. It is assumed to have been stolen at some time around her death. Whether the continued updates to her blog were facilitated by the theft of her phone, the work of a hacker, or through the queue is not known, nor is it known whether the updates are related to her death. In September, Elisa's parents filed a wrongful death suit, claiming the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Elisa and other hotel guests, and seeking unspecified damages and burial costs. The hotel argued it could not have reasonably be foreseen that Elisa might have entered the water tanks, and that since it remained unknown how Elisa got into the water tank, no liability could be assigned for failing to prevent that. In 2015, the suit was dismissed. Elisa Lam's mysterious demise was not the first to happen at the Cecil Hotel. In fact, the building's sordid past had earned it a reputation as one of the most supposedly haunted properties in Los Angeles. Since opening its doors in 1927, the Cecil Hotel has been plagued by 16 different non-natural deaths and unexplained paranormal events. 
The most famous death associated with the hotel other than Elise's was the 1947 murder of actress Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia, who was reportedly seen drinking at the hotel bar in the days before her grisly demise. The hotel has also hosted some of the country's most notorious killers. In 1985, Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, lived on the top floor of the hotel during his monstrous killing spree. The story goes that after a murder, Ramirez would dump his bloody clothes outside the hotel and return half-naked. Back then, the hotel was in such disarray that Ramirez's new stunt barely raised an eyebrow. Six years later, another murderous patron moved into the hotel, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger, who earned his nickname Vienna Strangler. With such a macabre history, one would think that the Cecil Hotel would soon be condemned, but actually the old building was recently granted landmark status by the LA City Council. The hotel was given the distinction because of the building's opening back in the 1920s, which is considered the beginning of the lodging industry in the US. Meanwhile, the tragic death of the Lisa Lamb at the hotel has inspired pop culture adaptions like Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story Hotel. While an answer to the mystery behind the death of Elisa Lamb remains unclear, the obsession surrounding the mystery has remained in the public consciousness ever since. is it guys for our third episode so i just wanted to mention that this was actually a listener request my sister actually requested me to cover this one if you have any cases that you would like me to cover please let me know the best way to get in touch would be through instagram and i'll leave the the link in the show notes this is definitely an unsolved case as someone who listens to a lot of true crime content and watches a lot of it, um, a lot of different shows and different podcasts even have covered this case, and I just never really know what to think about it. If it was a murder, if it was an accident, I'm just completely, completely clueless. Let me know what you think um, about this case, if you have any insight. To get a sense of the video that I talked about earlier, the video where she's in the lift, you can see that on YouTube, just type it in. It is a little bit unsettling to watch because she does look like she is quite distressed, but I mean, check it out for yourselves and see what you think. I also found it so crazy to learn that there were other notorious serial killers and just about this dark history that's surrounding this hotel. While doing my research for this episode, I googled the Cecil Hotel just to get some pictures of like the inside and the and the outside of the hotel, and I believe it has been renamed to Stay on Main, or Stay on the Main, so it's not the Cecil anymore, but it seems like you're still able to stay there, which is quite horrifying. I don't know if I'd be booking a trip there anytime soon with all of the the crazy things that have happened there. Also, while doing my research, I did come across a few articles 
um, talking about how Netflix is planning to do, I believe, a four-part series about this case, so definitely keep an eye out for that um, if you want to learn a little bit more about the case and, and everything that happened. So, that is it for this evening. I am gonna get ready and go to bed. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know that a lot of you listen to this when you're when you're about to go to sleep, so <laughs> if you are, I hope you're gonna have a nice sleep and restful and no nightmares about this about this case or any any of those bad things that were mentioned. So thank you for listening and I will see you next week.